Welcome to the Vigor Life Podcast, a source of inspiration, lessons, stories, skill sets, mindsets, and strategies to invigorate and expand all areas of your life. Let's go. What's going on? Coach Luca back here in the, in the seat. It's been a little bit, but um, today what I wanted to actually share with you guys is uh, this is some of uh, the presentation that I went to do, or should I say a workshop that I went to do with um, with Boeing with their uh, a bunch of their, I would say, higher leadership teams, or, or should I say, department teams of different different areas, which was uh, really great for for them to uh, invite me in and talk about leadership and culture. And um, and so this is, and, and once again, you know, there's so much that I would say. This is one of the things that right now, uh, somebody said, "Hey, what are you, you know, studying the most right now?" And it's, you know, I, I do a whole lot of stuff, but um. I would say that those are two that are very, very, I would say prevalent, um, meaning leadership, culture, and communication. You know, those are, I would say, probably the ones that I'm working on the most. And the, the, the question is why? Well, number one, I, I believe that like, you know, culture beats strategy all the time. And that's the things that we're developing right now uh, inside of Vigor and inside of the other companies, right? Because I feel like that's such a foundational thing. It's so important. And Going around more now, you know, um, from, like I said, where, where I'm doing, I would say also more consulting in uh, bigger companies as well. I'm being called in and, uh, and I love doing this stuff uh, and seeing that, I mean, whether it's a, like I said, a company worth close to hundred billion, which that is, or whether it's uh, a gym that's starting off or has been in, you know, business for, for, for years, that part is foundational no matter what. Right. No matter what, if culture if is is not on point, if leadership is not on point, it's it it's heading in a direction where it's just not going to do well. Period. That's that's what it comes down to. So, what, you know, what I'm going to go over today is essentially this is what I call it. Is it starts off with everyone's a leader um, and building an unstoppable team through the seven C's, which is I've, I've done a lot of stuff through uh, John Gordon's courses. Uh, went pretty deep on that. And so I'm filtering some of that um, through that philosophy, well, which I really like. And so, so some of it is this is going to be, I would say, kind of tagging along af- after we get through uh, uh, certain parts of this. I'm going to ask you some questions because, you know, I like asking you questions because uh, the quality of the questions determine the quality of the answers. Uh, and so we're going to do a lot of that. And I, I, I want you to think, right, like the, I would say, hey, I've done, you know, I've I've done my job if um I'll say I create awareness because that's step one, right? Awareness is is the first step to change. Uh, and so if feathers are ruffled and it's uncomfortable and certain questions are asked, like, hey, that's that's great. I'm, I'm down for that. Um, from the get-go, what's really important for everybody to understand, I always talk to my team about this, right? Because there could be such, a, I will say, perception of, that somebody works somewhere. And so because they work somewhere, they're not a leader, right? Or maybe you're, you feel like you're starting from the bottom and it's like, well, I don't make X, Y, Z money or drive this car or have this title or have this position. So automatically you can put yourself in this frame that you're not a leader, but everyone is a leader because everyone influences someone, right? And if you're, like I said, for like in the fitness industry, I mean, when you're having, when you have clients, you're influencing someone. When Whatever you're putting out there as content is influencing somebody, right? Every person that you're talking to, you're influencing somebody. So everybody's a leader because if you're influencing somebody, you're a leader. 
But you have to have that mindset right off the bat. Now, the second part of this is that a leader is someone who knows the way, goes the way, and shows the way. And that's that's one of those really important points because you do have to live it, right? It doesn't mean you have to be perfect, but certainly like you have to live it. And that's what we're going to start exploring a little bit because once again, like it's way more powerful that, you know, I remember when I was, when I was playing, uh, when I went to ju a junior college in upstate New York and, uh, you know, when I was playing ball there and like every day, like I had, I had this structure, right. Cause it's like, I, I moved around so much in my life, um, to different places, you know, different countries and, and from, from when I was young that I try to find these routines, right. I try to find routines so I could, you know, obviously it feel more, it's, it's like more comfortable, but also, you know, when you're constantly changing environments and sometimes you're going into these crazy environments, like you, you have to find structure because structure gives you less anxiety, right? And structure gives you some more freedom. I would say more peace of mind. And um, I would always like have this, you know, structured day when I, I'd go to classes earlier so that I could train a lot throughout the day. So like as soon as classes were done and like one, I'm going to the gym. Um, and you know, I'm lifting weights first and after I'm lifting weights then I'm shooting around and then there's a break and then there's practice. And I would be in the gym, like literally it's like on dot, you know, German engineering, same time. And you know, these guys would always keep coming in there and like, we, you know, we'd never talk or nothing, but, um, I was so consistent, so consistent that, you know, after a while, they're like, man, like this guy, Lucas, man, he's, he's a robot. He's a machine. He's always here at the same time. And da, 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 man, like he, like, this is all he cares about, you know? And, uh, but then we, we start, we started communicating and, uh, and those guys, those guys started training with me and anyways, we built, we built a great relationship and they got a lot of good results and whatnot. And this is like I said, back in, back in the college day. But my point of it is, is that I really didn't, you know, at the beginning, I didn't talk much to, to anyone. I just created my structure. But the thing is, is like, you got to like from those actions, people start saying, oh, this is the type of person this guy is, right? Because it's like, you don't have to say anything. It's evident, like day 111, you know what I mean? Like showing up the same day, same, I mean, same time, you know, putting in work, this, that, and the other. So you got to, you know, you got to show the way and show it by doing it. And, and, and like I said, and this also takes time because guess what? Nobody said anything day five or day seven or day 15 or day even like 45, but hey, day 100 something, you know, it's like, it starts because like there's a story now. Okay, so this is this is also what happens in, in your life or what, what I see a lot of in, you know, even personal relationships, but but let, let's keep it like kind of centered around teams, organizations and things like that, where you want to change something because you, you get that awareness like, man, shit's not good here. Now we got to change it. Things got to be better. And of course, then, it's like you start doing stuff and because you don't get instant feedback that things are changing, you know, you get discouraged and that kind of throws you off. And now you have this roller coaster of behavior again, right? Where really like that, that commitment to, you know, that identity of who you want to become. We'll talk about that later is, man, it's every day because it's going to take time. And a lot of times too, because, hey, like you've been, you know, doing stuff a certain way probably for years, maybe even decades. Right. For, for stuff to change in weeks or, or, or even months, it's going to take some time. Right. So that's, that's really important to like really understand that. And even some of the things that I talk about, you know, the, the first thing that I mentioned and I share is, you know, belief systems that when, 
you know, when you or, or myself or anybody else present something new, people have to be open to it. What I mean by that is, you know, I, I even shared it there. I said, hey, look, man, you don't have to believe some of the things that I'll be talking about or the perspectives or principles, but suspend disbelief. And mostly because, you know, everybody's looking at the world through, I would say, a, uh, a certain set of glasses, right? Or through a certain window. And sometimes that window is, is not as clean as possible. People see different things. But, you know, when you change, you know, the way that you look at things, the, the, the things you look at change. And, and that's perspective. Um, and the, at the beginning, it's always like, hey, the way that you're looking at things right now, is it getting you the results that you want? Right? Is it getting you... Uh, is it serving you in a way that you want? And if the answer is no, that's when it, that that should kind of like go like, okay, maybe I should dis- suspend this belief and, and be open to this other way, right? So anytime something's not working, I mean, that's why like I, I would say curiosity is one of the greatest virtues to constantly seek out. And, and, you know, one, would you rather, you know, would you rather be right? Or would you rather get what you want? And I'd always rather get what I want. So I'd rather be wrong and learn from being wrong so that I can get what I want. Um, you know, it's the same thing for personal things, same thing for, for business, for, for the people in my, in my tribe. I mean, all of those, right? So shifting that perspective and belief systems. And even when I bring something up and it's like that, you know, I, I could even tell when I was in the conference room, it's like, I say something and it gets uncomfortable, right? Because people like put their head down and like you get, you can see the tension build up. Yeah. Because there's probably truth to that and it's and it's tough, right? It's tough to accept that things aren't working or maybe that like, hey, it's your responsibility. It's on you. Or maybe the way that you're behaving is 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 not uh I will say conducive to success within the team. Right. So there has to be kind of a belief shift because hey, are your current beliefs serving you? Like I said, are they serving you? What are you you're believing right now about about business, about teams, about communication, about uh, you know, marketing about coaching and training, are those beliefs serving you? And in some, some may be, right? Some may be, but some may be not. And you have to be willing to let those go and maybe, you know, bring on some, a new set of beliefs before, uh, so, so that you can go in the direction that you want to go. Now, here's this concept. I, honestly, I could legitimately uh, tell the story about fire that I'm going to share and be done with this podcast. That, that, I mean, for me, that's how powerful this story has been. Um, but obviously, we don't have more than that. But this, th- this, is, this is the way that I look at this, okay? When you get, you, it, it's like anybody in a management leadership position. And remember, I just shared that everyone's a leader. I don't care where you are. So you have the fire, right? But the example of like, hey, listen, uh, you know, I want you to take over X, Y, Z. But in a fitness world, like you, you're leading, right? You're leading, you're managing, you're coaching clients. So right there, you have the, you've been given the gift of fire, right? Think of it this way. You've been given the gift of fire. Now, remember, this is, uh, this is a power, right? Having fire is a power. And remember that people need it. They want it, they crave it, and they expect it. Fire, leadership, right? Guidance. And the thing is about with 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 fire comes responsibility. So this is not this is not the kind of like the Spider Man the Spider Man uh, I, I would say quote, but uh, it does. With fire comes responsibility, and you got to use it wisely. And if you do use it wisely, like you'll become the greatest leader that you can be, right? Because you've been given the gift of fire, no matter what position you're in. Remember, we just started saying everybody's a leader. Now, if you abuse the fire, 
you'll lose it. That means being irresponsible with it, inappropriate with it, and inconsistent with it. Okay? And and the whole point here is like to not be afraid to lead and to teach. Because just like, and you know I love I love my cooking analogies and I love my food analogies, but as it as it does in cooking, fire adds heat, it clarifies and distills the ideas that drive you and your business and your team to solid results. Notice how I said solid results, just like it would be in food. And so, you know, once again, fire is power. Fire is a gift. And to be a great leader, you first of all, you have to work on becoming a great person yourself. So why? So that you can use that fire responsibly, right? And in the right way so that you can affect the most people. But think of it this way. This is, this is why I bring fire, fire up because it's such a great analogy for how it can be used within teams, within leadership, okay? Because you can use it as a torch. Right? You can use fire as a torch. And that's a light for guidance and teaching, for leading and showing the way, right? Which I, I feel like that's one of the most important ones is for guidance, teaching, showing the way and leading, right? But then a fireplace, you can use it as, you can use the fire as a fireplace for warmth and empathy to make others feel safe. And know how much, how important psychological safety is in the workplace and just in general amongst people, amongst relationships, right? If you don't have that, there's no trust. If there's no trust, you don't have great teams. You don't have people working for each other, right? So remember, we talk, talked about a torch and a fireplace for warmth and empathy, making other people feel safe. Then you can use it as a campfire. As a campfire, use it to form bonds with team members and to inspire others and help them grow, right? Bringing people together to form bonds because once again, talk about this later, like when you care about somebody, you're going to work harder for them right? You're not going to quit when you care. So you, you form those bonds and inspire others to help them grow together. That's going to be important. Now you can also use fire as a bonfire. Now that way you rally the troops, you foster team culture, you get the team motivated and you bring people together in a unified pursuit of a common goal, right? Which is, I mean, when, when it comes to any type of like, I would say organization or business, man, when you bring people together and get them on fire, and they look at the same common goal because they believe that reaching that goal and that vision is also going to fulfill like their vision, their personal vision, powerful, right? So notice we're still staying with this analogy of fire, which you can use it for, right? Now, the other thing too, though, like you can use that fire to singe or scorch. And sometimes a leader has to do that with someone who's dishonest or disrespectful, you know, whether it's to a teammate, whether it's to the division, the community, the supplier, uh, you know, the, I would say the JVs because the, the, the team puts itself in grave danger when it, it, when integrity is compromised, right? When it allows integrity to be compromised, the values, the culture, right? As soon as you start damaging that, and I, I think I mentioned this in, in one of the previous podcasts, but it's, you know, it's, it's, uh, this is an Arab saying, and it's, you know, better to have a thousand enemies outside the tent than one inside the tent. And, and I believe that, right? As soon as you start allowing that integrity to be to be broken things start going wrong and, and culture gets gets killed right so to it, essentially to have this fire you have to be able to like the things that i just shared as far as like how you can use fire to lead teams you know in, in the best ways and bring them together you have to be able to breathe fire from your belly right and martin rooney was one of the first people to say hey listen man if if, if you want to get people on fire you got to burn yourself and so 
you got to be, I know Todd also says, Todd Durkin also says you got to be a fire breathing dragon, but like you have to breathe fire, right? And the way that leaders breathe fire is a source of motivation that impels team members to imitate and grow, right? Like you are that source. And so when I say to everybody as a leader, same thing, like, hey, you got clients, how you breathe fire and how you show up and how you make them burn, like that's going to obviously going to rub off, right? But you got to, the, the thing is, is like for you to breathe fire means you got to have fire. So you must learn to use the fire in your own belly as a way to fuel and refuel your ongoing fat passion for your career or, or basically anything else in your life, right? I mean, whether it's a relationship, whether it's your career, whether it's health and fitness in your body, right? Because if leaders lack fire, why would anyone want to follow them? Seriously, I mean, that's like, think about that. And this has become one of the big things that becomes an aha moment, right? Is when you lack fire, you can't make anybody else on fire or burn. And so it starts with you. And I said that you have to become, right? You have to keep working on becoming a better person to be the best leader. And because you have to show and follow, right? So for people to follow, you have to show it. And so the question becomes like, how do you fuel and refuel your ongoing passion, right? What, you know, what are the things that you're doing? Now we've talked about in previous podcasts a lot of times, right? How do you, how do you create your own personal power? And that's everything from, you know, reading positive things and, uh, not just reading, reading and listening and being, you know, learning and being inspired and motivated yourself. Um, so which means being around people that are inspirational, meaning that you get coaching, that you're led, that you're working on your body, both so you're the, you're the fittest that you can be and that you create personal power from that, right? The foods that you eat, how you show up and train, because guess what? That gives you confidence, right? The more energy that you have, the more power that you have, that's going to work. The better that your relationships are, the better that your environments are, and the more positive and challenging in a positive direction they are, same thing. Those are all things that are going to work, right? Spirituality, whether it means, you know, journaling, whether it means going to church, whatever your, your religion may be or may not be, right? Those are all components of your own personal power. And the thing is, if you fuel those, man, then you can keep breathing fire. Like, that's what it comes down to, right? But you got to understand that, like, if you don't have it, how are you going to have others have it, right? How are you going to, how are you going to, I would say, rub it off on others? How are you going to breathe it onto others? And I say this because, you know, uh, and this is Ferdinand Fox said this, and it's the most powerful weapon on earth is the human soul on fire. And, you know, it's, it, it's something that might sound foofish, but the reality is that it's, that it's not, you know, it, it's not foofish from a standpoint of, uh, man, you ever, you see the inspiring stories of people doing incredible things, man, that's, that's a human soul on fire right there. Right. And my, my philosophy around this is like really kind of, you know, uh, I've, I picked a lot of things up from John Wooden over the years. Uh, I've studied everything about John Wooden, which is obviously one of the greatest basketball well, coaches period. Right. But, but specifically for me, because I, uh, basketball is such a big part of my life. Um, I tend to gravitate towards that, but you know, when we talk about, you know, success, because one of the things that I brought up there at, at, at the presentation was, you know, if you, if you go home and look in the mirror, what's the most important thing? When we talk about all these things about leadership and breathing fire and like being the best you can possibly be for your team, you know, what does success mean? You know, how, how can you, because you, you may not, you know, you may fail, right, uh, at the task or you may uh, not do as good as you wanted to do or maybe you did, you know, 
you put in work, but you're not there yet. Like, so what is the measure? Well, this is what John Wooden says. And his success is a peace of mind, which is a direct result of self-satisfaction and knowing you did your best to become the best you're capable of becoming. I mean, really what he's saying is like, hey, did you fulfill your potential? Did you give your absolute best effort? And if you did, you're successful, even if you lost, right? Because guess what? Like, if you keep doing that, you're going to win. That's the whole point of it, right? So, you know, my, I, I'm bringing this up because I'm saying like, hey, look, if every day you can do your best, and sometimes you, it's, it's not going to be enough, right? You, it's not enough for what's required. Not right now. But if you keep giving your absolute best, like it will be enough and you will win and you're going to keep growing and you're going to get there, right? And it's, it, I tell the clients the same thing. Like, look, right now you can deadlift 200 pounds, right? You want to deadlift 400. Now, if you come in tomorrow and give your absolute best effort, you're still not going to deadlift, you know, 400. Maybe you'll get 210, right? And then we're going to keep programming and being structured and if you come in and bring your best effort in training and with nutrition and get your rest and recovery and do all the other things you give your best effort then someday sooner rather than later because if if you keep putting your best effort it's going to come sooner you're going to get that 400 you're going to have what's required right but that's the marker like that's the marker that i view and share with my team is like hey listen like did you do your absolute best and if you did your absolute best and you you know you didn't Get the result that you wanted, right? You know what? It's it's okay, but you got to keep bringing that best, and then learn from the mistakes and see what you got to still work on to get there. And that that's basically my standard for that. Okay, and with that, it comes to like this day one philosophy. Um, the philosophy of day one is is actually comes from uh, a story that I got from uh, I would say from Chris Dudley um, and. I think it's Chris Dudley. And it's about, because uh, this story is really going to kind of piece it together as far as what day one represents. Um, and I love this. And, and I think this can be used in coaching with fitness and nutrition. I think this can be used in leadership. I think this can be used pretty much anywhere. Um, and it was about Mustafa who, I can't remember in which, but it was, it was an African country uh, where the author went to, uh, speak or something like that. And they went on a dune buggy. Basically, he was like, one day he was like, hey, I'm going to go ride these dune buggy, uh, uh, these dune buggies over these massive, I would say, um, sand dunes, right? They're these 70 to 100 feet sand dunes. And it's like this adventurous, these dune buggies can really like, they can punch at really high speeds. Um, actually, I, I kind of know these because Joel, <laughs> Joel Jameson, like when we go up to his cabin, um, this thing called a razor, we'll go through the woods like 80 miles an hour. It's nutty. So it's it's like, you're kind of thinking like you're going to die most of the time. Um, and it's great. I love it. But th- these are very, very similar. So the point of the story is that like, you know, uh, Mustafa takes it because I'm going to I'm going to shorten it up a little bit. Actually, the story, it, it, it's a little bit longer, but he he goes to drive with Mustafa and they're going back and forth and talking. And, you know, he's, he's a really like likable, nice guy, super, like super great energy, um, knows a lot about like the author where he's from and coming from, from Canada, which is really impressive. And then they start, you know, driving like really fast, like 60, 70 miles an hour over these dunes is, is, is scary. And Mustafa's just like, like a kid, he's smiling. He's just, you know, got great energy. And the author said, man, like, 
dude, like you're more excited than I am about this. It, it, it's like, you're, it's, it's almost like it's your first time doing it. And Mustafa says, it is, it's day one for me. And, uh, you know, author freaks out, says, hey, uh, listen, like, what do you mean it's day one? You know, so they gave, like, they gave you this to drive all these sand dudes and like you basically, it's your first day on, on the job, right? That's crazy. So he's, you know, Mustafa just keeps smiling and laughing. And, and when they stop, he explains it to him. And he, and he goes like, man, is real, this really your day one? Like, I don't know if we should keep going. This is scaring the shit out of me, right? I don't know if you have the skills to do this. And um, so Mustafa brings it, up, brings it up and says, hey, look, this is day one. And it's been day one for like 17 years. And uh, anyways, he shares, and this is a true story. So, And he shares that he owns all of these adventure companies, but that he comes to work as if it's day one. And he says, hey, in, in day one, when you come to your job, like you're excited, you're on time. You, you, you never want to be late. You'd give your absolute best effort. Uh, you know, you try to be, you, you try to connect with everybody. You don't have any assumptions, right? You want to be cool with the whole team, even people that maybe rub you off the wrong way. You're way more understanding of them right off the bat, right? It's, it's, it's exciting and it's like the energy is great, but it's like, and then what happens? Right. It kind of veers off. Like you come in with your, with your values and like, hey, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to uh, live my values every day. And you do right at the beginning. You're living your values. No matter if tough things happen, you do it right. Day one. But then stuff happens. Right. You stay there longer. You get complacent. You, uh, you know, you let the negativity affect you. Uh, you don't get what you want. Things aren't the way that you thought they were going to be. Right. And all of a sudden, it kind of like that slight edge that we talk about, right? Little by little, maybe you're going down in that negative direction in, in, in many different, I would say, uh, ways. Well, if you come to work and every work, every day is day one. It's day one of leadership. It's day one of communication. It's day one of living your values. It's day one of how motivated you are, how focused you are. It's a different story. Now, th this is like, for me, I, I love this because day one when it comes to body transformations and fat loss, right? Yesterday, you know, shit happened and I went here and did this. Okay, cool. Today's day one though, right? Because day one is exciting, right? People say the start is, is tough. Eh, start is usually, you're usually excited when you start something, right? Even if it's challenging, right? When you go on a, you know, the, the dreaded word, <laughs> but it's, it is, it is what it is, a diet, right? Like you go on a diet, you go on a transformation program, you go on whatever it may be. Sure, like you're like, oh man, this is going to be challenging. But the beginning, you're motivated. The beginning is not challenging. What, what becomes challenging is actually the messy middle, right? Because the beginning, you're fired up. At the end, when you can see it, you're fired up too. But in the middle, the messy middle, that's where people quit. Right, because you're like, oh man, it's been going on for a little bit. This is really hard, and I can't see the end. Right, I can't see the shore. Right, so if you if you take the analogy of the ship going, uh, you know, when, once it leaves shore, it's like, yeah, woo, everything's great. We're going on vacation. We're going on this, right? And then it's like in the middle, like there's storms, there's waves. It doesn't feel good, and you can't see the other side. Right, you can't see where you're going. That's the tough part. The messy middle is the tough part. So living that day one philosophy, you know. Every single day I get up, day one, right? All my mistakes are erased. All the great things that I've done too, right? So it's like, hey, 
uh, you know, bring that confidence with you, but don't, you know, it's day one. I have an opportunity to be and do all the things that I want to. And so this is just a perspective and a belief system. And that's why right at the beginning I said, hey, look, you know, suspend disbelief if this is something that, you know, you think is like, eh, woo-woo-ish. But, but it's real. If you can live day one when it comes to your nutrition and training and when it comes to your leadership and when it comes to building your skill sets and how you treat people, like you, you will, like with that philosophy, you know, I have it down somewhere, right? I got screensavers on my, on my laptop. I got stuff on my phone. I got like, you watch my phone, it goes off on different things. Uh, I talked about the questions that I get in the morning and for lunchtime, right? Uh, I, sh- I shared that in, in one of the podcasts. Same thing here. Like, where do you have it? It was amazing. Maybe it's a poster where you work day one and, and living those day one principles. And so that's one of the things that, uh, you know, honestly, if we, if we ended here and you kept that in mind, it should hopefully fire you up. And, and like I said, and, and this is the, the difference between like, you know, it's not about fire, just firing you up. It's like, uh, you know, whether it's listening to podcasts, I, you know, I get up in the mornings and listen to things that kind of put that fire in my belly or remind me, right? It's like reminding you of who you are and who you want to become. Hey, that's why you got to have these, you know, certain rituals. And Zig Ziglar says, uh, you know, it's like motivation is fleeting. Motivation is fleeting. It's like, sure, you know, that's same thing with, with showering, right? You do it often. You, you got to motivate yourself. And, and I would say inspiration creates motivation. So what are the things that inspire you? That's usually going to motivate you. But what are the things going to remind you about your values? What are the things that are going to, you know, keep you on point? And that's why, like, that's why for me, like, I read so much, right? I, I, I take time, and, and this will be a separate podcast as far as, like, you know, I take time to read. I mean, a lot of times, I mean, an hour a day is almost a minimum for me, but many, many times is an hour and a half, two hours. Some days it's three to four hours, you know, if it's like weekends and stuff. Uh, if I'm traveling, I'm reading a ton. And, and not only reading, but thinking time. You know, Warren Buffett talked a lot about this. You know, that he spends, um, you know, 45 to 60 minutes every day thinking, right? Reading and then thinking because it prevents him from making dumb decisions and, you know, having dumb tax and, like I said, I'm, I'm going to talk about that another time because I think it's really powerful and something people don't do enough of. And I'm trying to extend my thinking time per day uh, where I do about 20 minutes a day, 20, 25 minutes a day, like blocked off. Um, I actually want to extend that, right? And, you know, but the, the whole point of that is like that you have to get that from somewhere. And like I said, podcasts, um, reading books, watching videos that, like I said, that, that get you focused and create intent intent for your day. Uh, you know, like I said, journaling and writing, like those are important things. The mo- you know, what are the, what are the things that you're going to focus on today? Having your values not only like written somewhere, but like that's why we do a lot of these things that we're doing inside of the gym. So it's like you see it everywhere, okay? So with that said, I'm coming to the seven C's. Right to building a winning team in business and in life, because once you're part of like family's a team, like every, these are all I would say, you know, because it's really easy to go like, oh, at work, no, anywhere, anywhere these seven C's will be important. And number one is culture. Now we we did a whole podcast on um, uh, culture as far as like the ten big ideas about culture, what drives it, and how to be successful about it. So here's just going to be a shorter point. And, I'm going to uh, go over some things and then also like ask you some questions that will, you know, and once again, like, hey, stop, stop the podcast, fill out the questions. I mean, otherwise, once again, otherwise you may be avoiding this and nothing's going to happen. 
right? You got to be interactive with it. You got to be interactive with it. Um, but culture, culture drives expectations and beliefs. Expectations and beliefs drive behavior. And then behavior drives habits and habits create the future. It creates who we become. But it all starts with culture. And the thing is, culture, culture is invisible. I mean, what I mean by that is like, it's, it's not invisible, but like, like I, I had a, a friend uh, that, that has a business say today, well, we don't really have a culture. I'm like, no, you do. Like there's, there's a culture. This question is what, what is it? You know, it might not be a positive culture. It might be a negative culture. It might be a very neutral, you know, very fast changing culture because, not, because the values aren't instilled, right? Strongly, there's no strong foundation. So you have a culture no matter what. The question is, you know, what type of culture is it? And even though it can seem like a buzzword of our time, and it, and it is, you know, people are bringing it up all the time, it, the value of it cannot be understated because I don't give a shit if it's, you know, it's like if it's overused. Nonetheless, it's so important, right? Each team lives and breathes its own culture and everyone on the team creates it every single day by what they think, what they say, and what they do. So remember, everybody together, collectively, Created by what they think, what they say, and what they do. And basically, you know, building culture begins with the question of what do you stand for? Right? And it, it, once again, I encourage people to continuously, I would say, um, explore this, right? And, and really be clear on it. Because I think that's you know, step number one is that most people don't get really clear on it. Uh, because, you know, once you know what you stand for, the decisions become simpler. It's that value-based decision-making filter that you go through, right? What do you want to be known for? What defines your culture and what defines your team, right? And, and bringing it back to, uh, re remember, I, I started with a, that day one philosophy in the story about Mustafa. And so uh, imagine that, you know, f when I talk about day one, I imagine that every accomplishment I've ever had Every mistake I made, every good and bad thing I've ever done is wiped clean and I get to start fresh today, building myself into the type of person I want to be. And all I need to focus on is what I accomplished today and ensuring that it's in line with the person that I want to be. And so also like having everybody on the team feel and see that how powerful that is. And so it's a three-step process. I, I want to run through like if, you, if you're kind of like, oh, where, where, where do I even start with that, right? Where, where do I even start with that? Um, and uh, remember, like, I'm, I'm going to link in the notes that uh, podcast I talked about the, um, the, the, the six different questions for leadership, everyday leadership. But it's a three-step process, right? Number one is, like, you identify a key value. So if it's, for instance, loyalty, right, um, or, or, or something like that, or courage, or whatever it may be. Number two, you clearly define what that value means to you. Right now, that's the thing. It can mean very different things, and that's okay. It, define what that means to you, right? Define what it means to you. And number three is operationalize that value by turning it into an action-oriented question you answer each day. So I think that's very important. That's why I shared before, because if you don't have a question that you ask yourself to live that value, then it's just like, oh, it's a cool word on the wall, right? Like you have to put it in on top of mind. And so the key is to ask yourself those questions throughout the day so they bring the values and action to the forefront of your mind, right? Rather than reflect on whether you did it later on, which is what a lot of people do. Hey, did I live these values? You know, but if you ask yourself that question at the beginning, that's why I get the reminder at the beginning of the day and for lunchtime, right? And the concept is based on actually some science. It's called the Zygarinic effect and the question behavior effect, the QBE, 
which notes that you're more likely to remember an incomplete task than you're a task that you've already completed. So pretty much is like if something hasn't been completed, you ask yourself about it, it puts it top of mind. And because of that, you're going to be more, more likely to live that. So the six questions, and like I said, I've, I did a whole show on this uh, that drive daily leadership for me are, what have I done today to recognize someone else's leadership? It's question number one, right? And that is, uh, that would remember that, that there's different values that go on board with that. What did I do today that I wanted to avoid? That's courage, right? What did I do today that I wanted to avoid? What did I do today to move someone else closer to a goal? That's empowerment. What did I do today to get better? That's growth. When did I elevate instead of escalate today? That's class. And then what did I do today to be good to myself? And um, that's self-care. So these questions drive my behaviors every day, right? And these are leadership questions. So you can do the same thing and it can be three, four, five, like you can start anywhere. But these are just the things that are going to start driving culture inside of your business, right? And, and know that X's and O's won't sustain success. You know, strategy, always, I'm sorry, culture always beats strategy. And it's funny because it's like, uh, I was, uh, I can't remember whose book I was reading, but it was, it was a book about like a, a, a very well-known coach. Uh, I think it was an NFL, but you know, they were, there, there was a conference that were talking about different subjects, different coaches talking about different subjects. And this specific coach talked about culture and his, his, his room was almost empty where next door, somebody was talking about X's and O's and it was like 500 other coaches. Right. And, and that's the thing. That's, that's, that's the problem is that in business, it's the same thing, right? Somebody talks about culture, you know, is, is there going to be nearly as many people as if in a place where somebody's talking about a really successful funnel, I tell you what, you can have the most successful funnel in the world. Your culture stinks. It won't matter. Right. It, that's, and that's the point I was trying to get to. Um, that's like, Hey, like you got, like, that's what you got to address. Like that's the most important thing, right? Cause culture is what produces wins over time. And so a couple questions here for you, right? Um, you can write them down. Like I said, you can pause and actually work on them, uh, and then get back to it, but identify what values you want your culture to stand for, right? What do you want your culture to be known for? And once you know what you stand for, decisions are going to be easier to make. Number two is who do you need to involve in the process of creating your culture, right? Because you got to build it up and down, right? Top down, bottom up, right? It's, it's, everybody's got to be infused with it. And so this is important. Like who all needs to be involved? I would even say it's important. Like we talk to like all of our partners, all of our, you know, if somebody's doing our marketing, if it doesn't, if it doesn't align, like, man, is, we're going to have to make changes. In what ways can you make culture come alive in the team and organization? So find ways to encourage all members of the organization to be involved. Now, some of that for us is, you know, we're, we're putting even more things inside of the wall. So it's all around, right? Like uh, the vinyl stickers, the artwork, uh, we're bringing some more stuff in, uh, like the John Wooden Success Pyramid, uh, slogans, all these different things. And then obviously it's a lot of events, books that I share with the team that we all go, go through. I mean, there's many different ways to do it, but like, that's the question for you. What ways can you, your culture come alive? And then for you, how will you live and reinforce your values to strengthen your culture? Let everybody know your vision, purpose, and beliefs, and make sure your actions and actions of your team are in line with those beliefs and attitudes. And like I said, that, that can take time. Like, guys, this, this is a framework. This is a blueprint. But once again, that means you got to do the work, and it's hard. Find ways to build it, live it, reinforce it, and fight for it each and every day. Like, you have an opportunity each and every day. 
And a team discussion question can be, you know, once again, if you guys do in staffs, this, this could be a family thing, right? Organizations, teams, families, businesses, right? Uh, a, a discussion question is, as a team, how can we invest more into building our culture? Bring that up. Bring that up. All right. The second C, contagious. Man, I love that word, contagious. Right, but that, that <laughs> you, you are in some way contagious, just know that. And leadership is a transfer of purpose, passion, optimism, and belief. And you're, you're basically, you know, your attitude and, and your feelings are felt by people on your team and, and everybody around you, right? And you think of this like each day you're broadcasting that. You're either broadcasting positive energy or negative energy. Apathy or passion. Oh, man, I don't. Yeah, okay, I'll do it, right? Or you're fired up, right? You're one or the other, and that's going to rub off. Indifference or purpose, right? You don't really care, or there's like, man, I'm purposeful about this. You can see my work. You can see the way that I, I approach things because I'm purposeful about it. So emotions you feel are contagious and affect people around you. Actually, it, it, now with science has shown that like people within a certain range can actually will rub off of your emotion, right? So taking personal responsibility is an important component to like basically any team success, right? After all, we create our own future, correct? I mean, you have to, you have to believe that, right? But a team's culture is not created by one person alone. It's crucial that each member of your team realizes that they're contagious every day and that each person on the team makes ownership of their own energy, right? Like you have to, everybody has to become aware of, hey, like, you know, you're coming in this way. This is how you're rubbing off on somebody, Right? This is, how, this is how your energy, and the thing is on the team, on the clients, on everybody, right? So, and you're all contagious with one another. So sharing either positive or negative energy, it's happening, right? It's happening either way. And just like anything else, like we talked about belief, right? And, and how important it is for, uh, I would say, the, the group to have a certain belief system. Because the thing is, is that belief is like this. If you don't have it, you can't share it. So, if you've ever seen people that, I don't know, they, they, the X's and O's, they got them dialed in, right, to the T. Uh, you know, a great example would be somebody giving a presentation. Like, they're doing all the right things, right, on a checklist, but you just can't connect, right? And maybe you can't connect because they don't have the belief or they don't have the purpose, so they can't share it. So even though they're doing all this stuff right on X's and O's, like, there's no, the, 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 it's not contagious in a positive way or in a believable way, Right? And it's so important, the importance of filling your mind with the right thoughts and maintaining a positive attitude, particularly when the pressures, problem solving come your way is crucial, right? So it's especially, of course, everybody can be in a positive mindset when th- and shit is good, but it's like how, you know, how do you keep that when things are bad? And that's where you fall back onto one, your vision, your beliefs, right? Your integrity, your values. And remember that a negative team player can sabotage an entire team's performance, right? Because he can give his team the gift of belief or the curse of doubt. One negative teammate can sabotage a team. One person can't make a team, but one person can break a team. And going back to that quote I said about, you know, thousand better to have a thousand enemies outside the tent than one inside the tent. This connects right to this because that negative contagion also spreads, right? So, so to build a positively contagious team, you must not only feed the positive with positive vision, belief, and attitude, but you must also weed the negative from your team. Energy vampires in your team will sabotage all of the positive energy you're trying to create. Right. And so it's like you can and, and once again, like, you know, going back to like the Danny Meyer analogy, like the 51ers, you know, you you, you kind of like 
sometimes it's difficult to take somebody from constantly being negative to positive. And if you, if you recognize that, like you got to cut that out, period. Right. Once. Yeah. I, I back to that quote. Right. And so it started like one of the things about negativity when it comes to contagion, you know, contagism is uh, the complaining and much like many times people don't even realize how much they're complaining. Right. But once you begin to catch yourself, you begin to stop yourself. And that, you know, that makes all the difference. Uh, and I, when I was in a conference room, I said, Hey, like, you know, awareness is step number one. And, and I, I was even, I said, since I've been here, just like listening to stuff, I heard some complaining. So if I heard it, like just in a couple of minutes before I started presenting, man, who knows how, how it really gets, um, the rest of the time. And, uh, I think it was Eleanor Roosevelt's, you know, quote that says great minds discuss ideas, average minds discuss events and small minds discuss people. And I think that's true, right? So we, when we find ourselves discussing people, unless it's shining light on great things that they do or using them as a great example, right? Many times when it's, when it's a negative light, right? Many times we're gossiping or complaining about petty things. And uh, sometimes the complaints are about people, but about things we just have no control over. Traffic, weather, this, that, like just finding shit to complain about, right? That, but, it, but it tells you like that's where your focus is going. So uh, it, put it this way, or, or, or the market, the economy, like, you know what I mean? Like you find things that's like, oh man, like this sucks, this sucks, right? And you start complaining. So I, I, would, I would have you consider like implementing the no complaining room. Uh, this is also something I learned from John Gordon, but it's like, there's really three rules to this. It's very simple. It's simple, but it's powerful. So instill it, okay? One, no mindless complaining. And if you stop yourself, right, and somebody says, hey, listen, is that a mindless complaint? Oh, shit. Yeah, it is, right? Two, if you have a legitimate complaint, which is very likely sometimes, right, bring it to someone who can do something about it. So that's number two, right? If you have a legitimate complaint, bring it to someone who can do something about it. Number three, bring a one or two possible solutions as well, right? So if you got a complaint, bring it to somebody who can do something about it, and then bring a solution or two as well. Because what it's going to do is going to train you to actually start seeing like how to fix it versus just complaining about stuff, right? Okay, cool. How can we do something about it? How can I do something about it? Okay. If you're complaining, you're not leading. If you're leading, you're not complaining. Remember that one. It's true as it gets. If you're complaining, you're not leading. If you're leading, you're not complaining. Number three of the C's is being consistent. Look, if you're not consistent, you'll lose the trust that your team has in you. When you lose trust, you lose the team. I've done it before. I like. Meaning I've done it before. I've, I've lost trust. I've been inconsistent. I've shared some stories before about that um, and how important that is. You know, this is, I think this was a story that Martin told me back in the day. Uh, uh, but I remember, I remember my dad telling me this even before that. And I was remembered by, by Martin told, telling this story, but it's about fire, water, and trust walking through the woods, you know, and they stop and fire starts crying. It's like, Hey, you know, what if, you know, what if I get lost? What if you lose me? Say, oh, well, you know, just look for the smoke. Oh, that's where I'll be, right? Uh, they keep walking and water goes like, oh, man, what if, I, what, what if I get lost, right? Well, just look for me in the grass, in the trees, right? The water drops. And then they stop and says, but trust says, but what if you lose me? Because if you lose me, like, you'll never find me again, right? And, and this, that part of the story was teaching how important trust is, right? When you lose trust, it's hard to gain back. Possible, but very, very tough, very challenging, right? And uh, 
I mean, even Warren Buffett was saying like, hey, look, you can build trust for 25 years, you know, 20, 25 years and lose it in, you know, five minutes or, or five hours. The whole point is like you could have built something up for a long time and lose it fast. And so that's very important. Right. And, and, and the kicker is like being consistent, right? It doesn't mean that you won't have moments of anger or frustration. The key is just to be who you are all the time, all year long, right? Your team must see that you stick to your principles and philosophy through adversity and challenges, okay? I, I, and that's one of the things I certainly would say I'm proud of for changing because I used to be, you know, if you look years back, I was an emotional roller coaster, sometimes making, you know, things are great, everything's great. You know, things are down, uh, I'm kind of losing my mind like working my ass off, but losing my mind and there's no consistency then in certain values, right? So that's massively important, right? And to build a winning team, you have to be consistent in your attitude, in your effort and in your actions, right? Have a great attitude all the time so you can give your best in everything. You also want to be consistent in your desire to be great. The, the best of the best are consistent in their desire to be great. It's not like, hey, one year I want to be great and for six months to nine months, I'm like, kind of, eh, I want to be that great. And then like, the thing is you take people along on the ride with you when you're like that. And so then when there's no consistency with the team, it's usually because there's no consistency with you, right? And once again, like these are hard lessons learned. And as I go through this, like this is also speaking to me. You know what I mean? Like how do we, how do we get constantly better at all these seeds? And you have to consistently improve if you want to win consistently, period. You know, hard work, passion, and constant, constant and consistent improvement is what results in success. And it is, it has to become a part of life because I kind of see sometimes people go like, man, I've been doing this for a while and like kind of want to just, and it's, and it tells me that like, you know, once again, you're, you're not tired, you're just uninspired, right? You gotta, you gotta get that fire in your belly so that you can breathe it, right? Because each year the best recommit themselves to being better than they were the year before. The question is like, how are you gonna commit to that? Right, how are you gonna commit to that? And um, once again, like, look, it, it becomes one of those things where, where you have to check yourself, right? You have to have like this, I would say, um, yeah, you have to have filters for how your day is going, right? Like, and if you look at the Stoics, right? At the end of every day, they would, they would assess the day. You know, when we've talked about like doing your three wins, but also going like, hey, what went great? Awesome. Like, what did I learn from that? What didn't go as well? Okay, how can I do that better? Right? Asking yourself those questions. But so remember, it's not always easy, but the character that you possess during a drought is what your team will remember during the harvest. This is powerful because you're going to go through tough times. Like if you, you know, in a relationship, you're, you own a business, you're in a business, you're any type of career, like it's going to be hard times. Remember, it's not easy, but the character you possess during a drought is what your team will remember during the harvest. And, um, you know, in James Clear's book, Atomic Habits, which is phenomenal, um, he talks about casting a vote for who you are. And we'll talk about that about, uh, at the end, but like your identity, right? Anytime you do something, you cast a vote for the person that you want to become, right? If I open, and the thing is like, look, if I open a door for uh, another person, you know, they're going into the store for, for a lady going into the store one time, I'm probably not going to be like, oh, I have great manners. But if I do it 200 times, now I'm going to be like, okay, that's the type of person I am, right? If I read for an hour, once every couple of weeks, I'm not going to be like, oh, like, yeah, I'm a voracious reader. Now, if I read for an hour or two a day, after a year, I'm going to be like, man, I'm a voracious reader. That's my identity, right? So every time you do something, like, that becomes your identity. Like, you press the snooze button a lot. That becomes your identity, right? 
you constantly are distracted by social media. Like, and you do that all the time. That becomes your identity. You start believing that. So that's why it's so important. Like the whole consistency part of it. Think of, of it as, as far as like casting votes for the person you want to be. So here's some questions for you. Determine, are you being consistent? In what ways can you be more consistent? So what are the most important things to address and how can you be more consistent? Like write those out. To be more consistent, what principles are going to guide you? You know, is it the day one questions? What else could it be? Like that, that those are the things that you have to answer so that it's autonomy. Like you created it, right? How can be more consistent with your actions to improve and grow? Is it daily reading? Is it the first 15, 20 minutes of the day? Getting something positive in that dome? <laughs> whatever, you know, whatever it may be. Like find that. Talk to your team about the disease of complacency, right? Like go to past and create a fresh start. Is that something that needs to happen right now? And also look for signs of complacency within your team or organization. Are you being complacent? How will you address it and overcome it? In what ways will you stay humble and hungry? I love that. Like the humble and hungry, man, always, like always stay hungry, right? Like Cameron said, damn it, I'm hungry and I just ate. You know, I'm going to take them lyrics out. <laughs> but, and, and also humble because only, only humility can create like something like curiosity and, uh, you know, uh, I would say allow yourself to be wrong and fail so that you can get better. So keep those things uh, in questions. And like I said, whether you need to pause right now and answer them or do you need to, you know, do it later on, either or. 4C, communicate. This is very important, okay? Remember this. When there is a void in communication, negativity will fill it. Fill the void with great communication. So when it, like that, that's all I'd always tell people. What's the communication been like? Because most of the time when there's problems, it's not like people saying like, yeah, we've communicated a lot, sat down a ton. We've really, right? That's, that's rare. Usually it's lack of communication and the stories in your head, you know, kind of take on a life of their own. And you actually don't really know, understand each other. And like I said, there's no communication. Usually it's going to be negativity that fills the void. And communication is the foundation of every great relationship, right? It builds trust. It generates commitment. Commitment fosters teamwork and teamwork delivers results. And I'm big, you know, I'm, I'm big on sharing like the different, um, like I said, but like everybody should read crucial conversations. If you're in fitness, everybody should read motivational interviewing for nutrition and fitness, right? These are all like how to win friends and influence people. Um, the 92 tricks for better communication. Um, I mean, there, there's, and I'll share the books in the, in, in the notes, but like there's a lot of different things that, one, not only reading them, but applying them all the time, right? Because a collection of talent will never grow into a winning team without great communication, right? I mean, you could have the best of the best of the best, and it's divided because there's a lack of communication, and, and it's not going to happen. There's not going to be massive success because strong relationships are built when people care enough to communicate. Like, you got, there's got to be care for you to communicate, right? And communication is more about listening than it is about speaking. We talked about one of the most powerful things, right? Being an active listener, asking great questions. So people often think of communication as talking, but for me, it's about listening, right? The best communicator is not the person who's the most an eloquent speaker, although that is important, right? But the person who has the ability to listen, to process the information and use it to make decisions that are in the best interest of the, the other person, the team, the organization, the business, the family, uh, and the best listeners truly hear what a person is saying, like, and try to convey it. So Here's a, like a, a four-step process of like taking the temperature, 
right? People say like having a pulse on stuff, right? But I'm like, this is also a great way, like taking a temperature. Number one, you know, the, the four step process is this number for, for better communication. Number one, ask questions. And then and what do you need to ask questions of? I mean, these, remember when I said think time, like in my think time, a lot of times I think about what, what questions to ask myself. I try to create a better question because I know a better question will give me a better answer. Now that's actually the mistake a lot of people is they ask crappy questions. So then they get bad answers and then they try to create the machine or the strategy for the wrong answer. And of course, then that's not going to be a good result. So ask questions. What do you need to ask questions of? Number two is listen. What are they really saying? Right. But not, not just like also what are they really saying between the lines? If you are able to keep asking questions, you know, be engaged in the conversation, be an active listener and, and be empathic. You know what I mean? That empathic listening, which is really, really powerful. You're going to find out more. And then number three, you're going to learn from that, right? What situation do you become aware of that you didn't know before? Because if you truly listen, you ask the right questions, you're going to get data and information that you didn't know before. And then four is decide, right? Because how do you use this information going forward? So that's how like taking the temperature and, and kind of like any relationship or team goes, right? Ask questions, you listen, you learn, and then you decide. So when communication is working at its best, everybody's talking and relationships are being developed. I'm, I'm going to pause there because everybody's talking and relationships are being developed. That's important, right? But there's one final piece to communication that can't be ignored, and that's collaboration. And that's something that you want to do. Right? Communication without collaboration leads to underperformance. But when you have a collaborative team and you work closely together to be great, that's when you produce something very special. Right? Because you can have communicate well, but don't collaborate, which means that you have to have that in mind. Right? So just think about that. Like in any piece of any team that you're part of, how does that look like? Where, you, yeah, you might be communicating, but then you don't have an effort to collaborate. Right? And it's like, man, let's win together. To me, it's always. That saying, for the good of all, right? I want to win, but I want you to win too. If I win and you lose and you're on my team, man, that's not, that's not a win. That's not a good thing, right? And the last part of communication we need to discuss here is the communication of your message to your team. It takes, remember, communicating takes consistency, going back to that C, because the message that's being conveyed must be reinforced over and over and over again and ingrained into the minds of, of those on your team. So that goes from everything from what's around you, the things that you share every day, from in-staffs and team meetings, the content that you put out, right? The content that you put out is part of the consistent communication. Uh, I remember one time when I was talking to Berardi, it's like, hey, how do you share the culture, you know, uh, on a team that's not physically here, right? Because like PN is built around, um, it's remote. Everybody's all, all across the world. And one of the, you know, one of the many, uh, I will say very uh, insightful things he shared was like, well, everything that's written, like every article and blog post that's written that people read, uh, you know, every podcast that get put, gets put out, everything gets, that gets said, every video, all of those things build communication and build that culture, right? And I've said this before, and one of my favorite things is, you know, is, is or say perspectives is, does your audio match your video? Are the things that you're saying matching the things that you're doing? It's one of the most important things in life. Not just, like I said, forget business. I mean, just life. Are you the person that you say you are, right? Are you doing the things that you're saying that you're doing? And, uh, you know, Stemmel always said, man, like one sentence, do what you said you do when you said you do it. When you do that, like that's integrity. That's how you build trust. And you'll know, you'll know your message is being accepted when you hear it being talked about, repeated, 
and seeing it lived out with, with, when, wherever you go and whatever you go in your team, in your organization, in your business, that's how you know. That's how you know that stuff is starting to happen and is going in the right direction. So I want to communicate like a couple questions. What ways can you communicate more with your team? Maybe is is more meeting, doing more one on ones, going to you know taking people to lunch, more team events that maybe are fun. Also, um, who do you need to communicate with more frequently with a one on one basis? It's important. That's one of the things I started doing a lot more of. Remember where there's a void, negativity will fill it. Right. So where is there a void? Where is there a void in communication with who on your team? Invest more time asking your team questions and listening to them. So in what ways can you improve your listening? So again, remember, pause this, write this stuff down, work on it after you, you got done uh, listening. Take the temperature of your building and, and people daily. How will you do that? How will you lead by walking around? Like I said, is, it, is that something that you can go around and ask the questions? The leadership, remember the leadership questions I, I, I mentioned earlier, taking that, that four-step process of taking the temperature. Reiterate and reinforce important messages to your team. How and well will you do this? What messages do you need to reiterate? I've shared with a lot of people that like that they haven't actually like uh, maybe even done a post on you know writing a uh, a manifesto. You know, I remember Nate Green wrote that manifesto. It's like, what's the manifesto of your you know beliefs um, in your team? And identify ways you'll communicate to foster more collaboration. So those are some things that that like like I said, write them down, work on them. Because when you do that, like you're going to get so much more clarity around this and you can take action on. Number five is connect. Team beats, ta- beats talent when talent isn't a team. Uh, I shared this story, man. I've been part of teams where there was a lot of talent. We never did as great as we could have. Um, there's a team that played for, for in Slovenia was growing up uh, that I moved to. It was called Janche. And like, man, we, we did some incredible things um, with less talent. But because, man, we, we, we fought for each other, we... We, we had a collaboration, we had communication, uh, we had care, we had all those things, right? So communication begins the process of building trust and collaboration fosters the process and enhances relationships. And this leads to stronger connections, right? Between everybody, between the team members. So when you have stronger connections, you have a more committed and powerful team because when you're connected, guess what? You're more committed. So think of it like a, a, a going up a staircase, right? The commitment level growing with each rising step. So communication takes you to collaboration, which then takes you to connection, right? Communication, collaboration, connection. The higher you climb, the stronger your team becomes and the more committed they are to see their way to the top. So as a leader, you have to be intentional about connecting with your team and creating ways for them to connect with each other. Uh, Connection also happens through a series of intentional conversations and interactions. So ask yourself, am I currently being intentional about connecting with those on my team? How can I improve? Am I intentionally being connected to those in my family, right? Or in my relationships? What is intention? So like, you know, part of the, like at least here, for instance, we got a couple of things coming up. We got uh, next week, we got a team dinner for a holiday dinner. And a weekend afterwards, we have a, a Friendsgiving for the gym. And then we're going to uh, together take food to the homeless. Um, and we also have a couple of, I would say, a, a number of charity building events to buy um, gifts for families for for the holidays. And we have a whole bunch of different things that we're doing there. Like those are some of the ways that we create connection. But then also, like I said, team dinners frequently, in staffs, doing things to, together. Now, this is like more on the business side of things, but same thing. How does that look, look like, uh, you know, in, in your personal life or in your relationships, right? When 
Remember, when you're a team that does not connect, you'll be a team that fails to win. Right? When you're a team that does not connect, you'll be a team that fails to win. Uh, a couple of things here. So these are some great exercises, right? A number of great exercises you can do with a team. Uh, we did this one. So what's one word? So the one word exercise is like each team member chooses a word for the year and commits to living that word. And also says like, hey, what does that word mean to them? Right? What does that word mean to them? Uh, so that would be like an actual, I would say, you know, in staff or, or, or thing that you guys can do together. Uh, another exercise that's great is called hero hardship and highlight. So every team member shares who their hero is, a great moment from their life and a hardship that they had to face. Uh, another one is defining moment. This is where a team member shares a defining moment in their life. Because remember, these are all, all ways to connect and they open conversation. You get to know more about people. The more you get to know about people, the more the vulnerability there is, the more psychological safety there is, the better the connection. Um, then uh, another one that I'll share is if you really knew me, right? So uh, team members start with that phrase. If you really knew me, then finish it with whatever they're willing to share about their life. Uh, I think these are all great drills. Uh, there's, there's certainly a lot more to this, but um, the, key, the key to this is ensuring that you've provided a safe environment for everybody to share. I've talked about the psychological safety before, right? Everything must be kept confidential, only used to encourage each other later on, not hurt someone down the road, right? Uh, when team members connect and build strong relationships, they don't just work with each other, they work for each other, right? So that's such, a, such an important thing uh, to know. So a couple more questions here. Identify ways you can connect with the people you lead. What will you do to connect at work? How will you connect on a personal level? Right, write those out. And like, it doesn't have to be a lot. Remember, it's one, if you do write out one thing and do that one thing, it's going to be a lot. Identify ways you can help your team members connect with each other, with each other, right? This is important. Decide what team building exercise you utilize to be a, a more connected team. So I just gave you some examples of some stuff that you can do. Um, I love... Uh, you know, doing stuff together and in, in, in on outings and things like that, right? Because remember, once your connections are established, keep them alive. Like that's that's the other thing. Like this is an ongoing organism. It's this thing that has to be part of you. It can't just be like, oh yeah, we did this for a while or this was the focus of 2019. Like you have to keep it going, right? Connections are not static. They're always changing. People change. Circumstances change. Environments change. So if you don't constantly pay attention and evaluate how your team's doing, you know, soon you'll look back and realize just how much actually changed while you weren't paying attention. And in the world we live in now that's so fast moving, this is even more important. So maybe you used to be somebody of constant connection, but busyness, stress, and stuff happen, uh, and, you know, the connections aren't as strong anymore. So how can you improve that and continue to grow the already strong connections? Because I for sure know that, like, we went through phases, you know, where my personal life or, you know, other people's personal lives happen and it's you know it's tough things and in those times you forget to connect and it kind of creates disconnect and that disconnect uh once again creates space for negativity right so the connection that you create today will be the bond that strengthens your team tomorrow remember that we're almost there last two commitment it's not about you it's about committing yourself to the team uh, i shared like that inside a while back where you know I would find myself complaining, which remember we talked about, uh, about people not being committed. And then I had to like look at myself in the mirror and say, hey, am I fully committed to everything and everybody? Uh, I had to recommit, right? So as the leader of your team and organization, you're the one setting the tone. So your com commitment must be evident. It must be exuded like with an all-in attitude and approach in everything that you do, right? And you must show those on your team that your level of commitment is greater than anyone else. Like that, and that's the standard. 
You know what I mean? Like when you say stuff like, oh man, people are not as committed as me. Like you have to be that beacon of commitment, right? If you're asking them to buy into what you're selling, they got to know you're all in first. And that doesn't happen like, you know, <laughs> that that doesn't happen like over a week either. And and most importantly, your commitment level can't change between good times and bad times, right? Like if it's a winning season, for instance, right? You're committed. If it's a losing season, like you're committed to making it better. You're not just like, oh, no, I'm not, not, not as committed, right? And the same goes for business. Don't let your level of commitment change based on the bottom line, right? Like bottom line is great. Yeah, like it's not so good. Oh, fuck it. I'm not going to do as much. I'm not going to be all as all in. And that's, you can't do that. You have to be consistent, right? Commitment is one of those things that you should spend more time demonstrating than talking about, right? Demonstrate it. Don't talk about it as much, right? That's that like audio matching your video. So remember that like, this is part of what's going to show commitment, right? It's like helping those on your team develop their gifts and strengths is one way that you can show it. Keeping in mind that each person has their own individual strengths. So not everyone performs at the same level. Not everybody grows at the same pace, right? Helping them become the best version of themselves over time will lead to greater individual and also team performance, right? So that's your, that's your role as a leader, right? That's, that's literally one of the, you know, if you like job description leader, and that's it right there. Right, so how can you best serve those on your team? How can you best teach those on your team? How can you best coach those on your team? Right, to remember to think in terms of action. Your team must feel commitment, not just hear about it. So when you hear from a leader, we'll learn, but when we feel a leader's commitment will be transformed. I'm gonna repeat that one more time. Like this, I think, goes with anything. So if you, know, if you have kids, if you have a family, like, hey, your team must feel your commitment, not just hear about it. When we hear from a leader, we learn. But when we feel a leader's commitment will be transformed. So like, how are you transforming, right? How are you transforming, I would say, your team, your family? And here's a couple of questions for you to write down and answer is like, how will you demonstrate your commitment to your team? Who on your team needs to know you're committed to them? I certainly know that there was, you know, I can tell where certain people needed to know that because I was like, man, I actually haven't exuded. I haven't, I haven't shown them that. How will you invest more time with your team? In what ways will you serve your team to help them grow? Have each person on the team identify one way they'll be a great teammate and demonstrate their commitment to the team. And here's a team. Uh, I, I like this when it, every time there's a discussion question. So in what ways can we be more committed to each other? How will we put this in action? So that's a question for the team, right? How will we be more committed to the team and how we're going to show that in action? Okay. Remember, as a leader, the buck always stops with you, right? The team will function more effectively when it has leaders and teammates that refuse to blame their teammates, right? I think that's one of the, one of the things that is like, so important, right? If you, if you go into any organization and you see a lot of finger pointing, it's not a good sign, right? Because, and the thing is, look, you won't be perfect. Team won't be perfect. You just need to show up committed, giving you best. You've got every single day. Like, and it, that's when you know that, Teams are going to win. Maybe not like, it's like, hey, are you going to win the championship this year? Maybe not. But you keep going like this, you will, right? Commitment, leadership, and service aren't about doing big things. They're about doing little things with love and doing them well, exceptionally well, with your best, right? I've talked about wanting a, a you know, a, a different team during times uh, throughout the last, you know, I'll say 10 to 12 years. I'm sure if you've had a business, you might've done that before. Uh, I admit it, right? Uh, and it happens when, you know, when your team is underperforming to the standards, that you think they should be performing. Uh, and that's a pretty vulnerable statement I'm saying because, you know, we all have to admit, like there are times when we all wish we 
we had like different things in our lives, right? But the real answer is looking for those in your team who aren't performing at the best potential and then helping serve, teach and coach them to their best. Like it's your responsibility. It's your responsibility, right? Remember the commitment requires sacrifice, right? How can you help yourself and others let go of the ego and work well together as a team? So going to the last one, care. And I think without, without this is nothing really matters, right? Relationships are the foundation upon which winning teams are built and all great relationships are based on value, respect, love, trust, and care. It has to be present. So caring trademark, you know, how does it come off in like anything and like work, right? So in a story about like, if you guys have read anything, I've read everything about Steve Jobs, um, how when his father was helping him learn to be a craftsman, and in the story, uh, you know, the young Steve Jobs is questioning his dad when, uh, you know, when they're building back of the fence, like why, why are you making the back of the fence really nice and doing work on it? Nobody, nobody will see it. Who will know? Uh, and his dad says, you'll know. And so, and, and there's, there's actually the story part of like, uh, you know, why Mac uh, and Apple computers are, if you open them up, they're beautiful inside, even though nobody ever sees them, right? But that was part of why he made it because he knew and he wanted everything to be craftsman like he wanted to be you know he cared about the product right he cared about it so think about a time when you went into business where you felt like you know they didn't care about you right restaurant um any type of service business massage uh anything right and then use this you know use some words to describe how you felt when you left probably not good right now think about a time when you were made to feel like you mattered use those same words to describe how you felt yeah <laughs> You can tell the difference, right? You're probably thinking about something right now where you're like pissed off and something that was very uplifting and you might still, you know, have been a customer for a really long time. So when you care more, you give a little more time. You give a little bit more effort. You give a little bit more energy and love, you know, and, and, and a little more love or a lot more love to the things and people that you care about. So when you care, like you're just going to do better for those people. That's why it's so important, right? Caring is the ultimate team building strategy and people make it complicated, but it's simple. Look, Care about the work that you do. Surround yourself with people who care. Show your team you care about them. Build a team that cares about one another. And then together show your customers, your clients, your fans, you know, that you're about them. So when we make caring a strategy and create a, a culture of caring, we stand out and create success that last period. Like if you do that, like you'll have a better business. And to... To, to have some questions on, on this side of the care is identify ways to create a culture of caring. So when you care for and about your team, they'll perform at a higher level. So how does that look like, right? How does that look like? Are you a transformational or transactional coach? Like look for ways to be more transformational. Don't make a transaction. It's like, what am I getting out of this? It's just like an exchange. Be transformational. How can you put love, you know, put uh, love tough into action? So think about this, right? Like, I love this quote that is, you know, people say tough love and uh, I've learned that like love has to come first in that, right? So it's, it's love tough, right? Love tough. When you show people that you love them, you can be tougher, right? You, you have to show them that you care first. And then when you, when people know how much you care, you can be tough and challenge them, right? But if you don't like, then, then that doesn't work. It just doesn't work, right? So what is your caring trademark? Right? How will you show you care and put this in action, both for your team and your clients? And here's a team discussion question. Like, how can we show each other 
that we care about each other? That's a powerful question. How can we show each other that we care about each other? How can we be a team that cares more about our effort and about our relationships? Right? Team discussion question. And I'll finish this all off. Uh, like I said, that, that's the seventh season. And, and you know, that's a lot. I mean, that's, that's a lot. Like, look, when, when you go over this stuff and even some of the questions, they might bring out one thing that, that you're like, oh, shit, like, man, we're not doing this. Look, if you put one or a couple of things into play and for the next, you know, for the next year, you're doing those and really showing those, like, you're going to have a better culture. You're going to have a better connection. You're going to have a better team. You're going to care more. You're going to love, you're going to love work more, period, right? And, and remember that it starts with you. Because my like one of the things that I finished off with there, like especially when you go to bigger organizations, is a tendency like to, uh, I mean, this could be anywhere, right? Like you can start going, well, but like, you know, the higher ups or this, that, the other. You have the power to change you. You have the power to be contagious to the people around you. So maybe it's a smaller team that's part of a massive, you know, company. Uh, or maybe it's a small company and it's a, a couple of teams. Whatever it may be, right? Like, Take that responsibility because remember, like, you know, there's outcomes, like that's the goals that we want to achieve. And then there's your performance, which is the actions that you take, like the how, right? The what and the how. But then there's the person that you believe that you are and that's your identity. And so the things that I talked about, right? If every day you ask yourself, like, who do I want to become? And you match it to some of the things that we talked about. Like, I want to be a great leader. I want to embody these seven C's and be great at them so that like the the team will excel. That I that I am the beacon, and and like I said, I'm living and showing the way, right? Knowing and showing the way. That that means it's fully on you, right? You can't affect. Like put it this way, you can't affect, but you can't. You know that's out of your control how the other people behave, but you can influence, right? And you can lead people to a better place, and that's your responsibility as a leader. And like I said, you are a leader, right? You got the gift of fire. How are you going to use that fire? Remember. If you use it responsibly, it gets taken away. Use it in a in the best of ways and utilize it in a smart way, man, you'll become the greatest leader you can be. So with that said, I hope that, you know, that helped out. Um, like I said, this is really is a lot of my personal philosophy around it. I mean, I only had so much time to present on this. Um, but once again, it it I I wanted to share it with, you know, as many people as possible in that, you know, this is something that you actually apply and in, in you know, you sit down, you answer those questions, you have team meetings, you have team discussions, you have discussions in the family because that's your team too. Um, I would say that might, that's your team first. Um, but, you know, how are you going to now use this? Because like I said, every time I do a podcast, I really want it to be, uh, you know, like I said, not transactional, but transformational. So you take one thing from it, you do it, and you actually see results. And, and, and that's what makes the difference. And that, that's what's fulfilling to me. Uh, so with that said, hey, look, I appreciate you guys uh, putting in the reviews. I appreciate the five-star reviews. Uh, love the comments. Keep them coming. Like when you share this, when you, um, you know, when it spreads, like that's how we make an effect. And that's why I'm doing this for, uh, I love and appreciate you. And you'll see me in the next episode of Vigor Life Podcast. Coach, look it out.